Hello, everybody. Welcome back to EpiCentral. I'm your host, Maddie Lewis, infectious disease epidemiologist. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about a topic that has never been seen on any of these platforms that I believe, and it's how to get a job at CDC. Okay, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm pretty sure you guys don't like when I ramble, especially looking at like how my episodes of Epicentral do. Um, you guys don't like it when I talk about things other than like how to get a job and like stuff like that. So let's just get into it. First of all, I'm not going to explain what CDC is, but I just want to point out that it is located in Atlanta, Georgia, and most of the job postings will will say remote, but when you click on the job postings, they will say remote within a 50-mile commuting area of Atlanta, Georgia. So just keep in mind, if you don't currently live in the Atlanta or like area, or I guess it would be really like Georgia in general, then you might need to relocate, but chances are you won't immediately get a job at CDC, and we'll get into why. But it is very possible, and oh, uh, actually, before we get more into it, I need to put in a disclaimer. I don't actually work at CDC. Um, I've never worked there. I'm two years out of my Master of Public Health degree, and I work at a different organization. But like many public health professionals, I have many friends who are either FTE um, contractors or consultants at CDC, and we'll get into what all that means. But I have a lot to say, so let's keep going. Um, another thing, it's nearly impossible to get a job at CDC straight out of school. I do know one person who worked there, I think as an FTE after her bachelor's degree, and that is like so rare. Like I know one person, and if you scroll through like Reddit or ask anybody, that's just like not really a thing that happens very often. So just know if you are like in your bachelor's degree or in your master's degree, it's probably unlikely that you will be an FTE immediately, but you can still work at CDC uh, or CDC Foundation. Um, but again, we'll get into those details in a minute. Just know like it's probably you're not going to be making like $100,000 a year as an epi like straight out of school. Like that's just probably not going to happen. But wait a year, year and a half, three years, eight years, and it'll probably happen if you put in the work, listen to this episode, and um, and follow all the tips. Okay, so one big tip is to get connections. CDC, I don't want to call it like nepotism. I don't want to accuse them of nepotism. But let's just say like they highly prefer people that have already had experience there, which doesn't really make sense because it's like, well, how do you get experience there if you need experience there to, to work there? But here are different means of getting connections there. So if you get your MPH at Emory University um, Rollins School of Public Health, then you will automatically gain many connections at CDC because that school is literally across the street from CDC. So many of the students end up working there like for internship type positions. They're usually ORIs, but again, we'll get into that. And then um, many of the professors have either worked there previously or work there currently. Um, and I'm sure other schools are the same way. Like I'm sure other Georgia schools might have those, or I'm certain that there's Columbia professors and like, um, I don't know, whatever schools are in Washington, D.C. Columbia is in New York City. So like those big hubs where there are CDC offices, I believe, um, most definitely also have CDC professors there. But I, I don't know. Sorry, not CDC professors, professors who work at CDC. Um, but OK, let's just keep going. Um you can also gain connections through people who don't directly work for CDC, but work for ORISE, CSTE, CDC Foundation. Um, and you can also like cold contact people via LinkedIn. I also will keep bringing up Reddit because I use a lot of the like my like Googling and like stuff like that for this episode from Reddit. Although a lot of it is from like experience and talking to my one of my friends who's an FTE epidemiologist. Uh, I'll explain what FTE is in a second, don't worry. Um, 
And she like gave me like this whole like lowdown on it at yoga last week and it inspired me to make this episode. Um, so it's very interesting. But yeah, you could just cold contact people from LinkedIn, Reddit, like whatever, um, and just try it. Like, but here's the thing with CDC, you can't get a job referral there. You can't just like, like how at Google or I don't, I don't know if Google does that, but like, you know, businesses, corporations, you know, um, that kind of thing, you can get like a job referral and somebody can kind of just get you a job somewhere. If you have a connection, you can get kind of like nepoed in CDC, it's kind of like you need a connection you do need a connection in a lot of ways but also it's not a direct hire like job referral type of situation either and that's kind of confusing um so i'll just like get into more detail about it right now but like when you actually apply to a job on usajobs.com there's no section that and somebody please correct me if i'm wrong like go on my tiktok go on my instagram or something correct me if i'm wrong but from my understanding, there's no job referral section. Like you can't just type in your friend's name who works there and then it'll like push your resume up to the top. Um, there are, there is a part of the application process called a referral, but that is not through somebody you know who works there. That's through the hiring manager. So basically if you, if your resume makes it through a certain process and then your questionnaire makes it through a certain process and you um and like all of those like you know get through then it'll go to a certain person i guess like a one hiring manager and if they look at your application and i don't know what they do but i guess if they deem if it's worthy or not then they will refer you and then that'll send you i think i could be wrong to like a different hiring manager or maybe to an interview process or some some other next step in the interview process um but it's that's obviously completely different than a, a normal job referral so you can't just like get a job there because you know somebody works there um well actually you definitely probably can but those are more like mid career people like being I don't know we'll get into it. we'll get into more of that because there are like reasons why connections help but it's not as direct um as you might think it is uh okay so let's get into contractor consulting and O-Rise I keep mentioning these three so these are three ways that you can get in with the CDC without directly working for them and uh and then that is kind of contrasted with directly working at CDC, which is called FTE. FTE stands for full-time employee or employment or something like that. I don't know. But everybody just uses the term FTE to mean like you're actually a directly hired by CDC because a ton of people who work at CDC are con contractors, consultants, or fellows um, and are therefore not like considered a federal employee in that way. So a contractor is basically a person who's hired by a third party company, like usually a private organization, sometimes like a nonprofit or something too, but usually it's like a private for-profit company. Um, and they will, um, they will assign you a job at their company that like the whole assignment is to just work at CDC or work for some kind of like federal agency. It could be like FDA, like all of those that I know of also do like contracting positions, but um, CDC does a ton. And in the area of CDC, like geographically, there are a ton of contractors. And yeah, if you want to find a contracting job, you can look up contracting jobs like CDC, whatever. But honestly, if you just look up public health jobs in the Atlanta area, like area, I just said that twice, in the Atlanta area, then you're going to, plenty of them will pop up. And the more you look, the more you'll be familiarized with the names of these companies. Um, I'm not going to name them, I don't think, but there's a ton. Moving on, consulting positions. So consultants are people who are very similar to a contractor, but they specifically are working to improve, help, or create a new project with CDC or whatever organization, they're, whatever their client is, um, to help 
you know, them reach a goal. So it could be CDC wants to change their one of their data platforms, um, and then they hire and then they hire consultants through like Deloitte or McKinsey or whatever consulting firm. I don't know what they use actually. So um, and then. Yeah, so if you're a consultant, you might be working like CDC might be your main client. And a lot of consultants in the, again, Atlanta and like Georgia and general area who work for these like big um, firms, they tend to, and like if you go to like the public health section, they all pretty much have CDC as their client. Like obviously like health departments and other organizations are also clients, but like CDC is usually the main one. Um, so you can also do that. Consulting also pays a lot more um, than doing a fellowship. Contracting does too sometimes, but some contracting does pay kind of low. Like I had a friend who was a contractor. He only made like $55,000, $60,000. And that's like not that much better than a ORISE fellowship. So it just depends. But consulting is almost always going to pay higher. I've talked about many times how consulting is going to be your highest, like, more accessible, I guess, job to get in public health. Um, it's just a lot more lucrative than any other job, typically. Um, okay, let's get into ORISE fellowships. There's a lot to say here. So ORISE is O-R-I-S-E. It's an acronym. I'm not going to, like, say what it stands for because it doesn't matter. But if you Google it, it is a fellowship program. Um, like, it's an organization that has fellowship all these different fellowship programs um, that are at like federal agencies and they have them at different federal agencies. Like I do believe they have like FDA and like other ones, but they like a ton of them are CDC. Um, I know a lot of people who have done or are still currently ORISE fellows. It doesn't pay that great. And the benefits are kind of doo-doo. <laughs> like they barely get like, they barely have any workers' rights. I'm not going to lie, you guys. They don't. But, like, at the same time, I haven't met any that were overworked either. So, it's, like, kind of okay. Like, it's not okay to, like, barely have health insurance. But at the same time, it's, like, they don't, like, have official PDO. You just can kind of just, like, come and go depending on what your supervisor allows. So, there's pros and there's cons, okay? But overall, everybody that I've known who's done ORISE seems to not have regretted it. So, there's that. But um, a lot of people do move on after about a year, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes like two years, um, because it just doesn't pay well. And it's not meant to be a forever position. It's meant to be a one to two year gig. So, yeah. And that is a lot more accessible for people um, wanting to work at CDC. And it is like the very traditional fast track to getting a FTE position at CDC, like a very typical homegrown, you could say, or like just like classic, like created CDC employee is an over, like gets their MPH, honestly, at Emory typically. And then, C, uh, not CSD, what am I saying? ORISE fellow and for one to two years, and then FTE. And yeah, that's very typical. By no means does everybody follow that route or have to follow that route, but that is a very safer route to take if you want to be an FTE, is to do ORISE. That is like probably, sorry, I'm cracking my knuckles. I don't know if you guys heard that. But that, that's just very typical. Um, so, yeah. Okay, there are other internships slash fellowships that you can do to get very connected and, like, kind of embedded into the CDC world. Um, and they're just Google CDC fellowships, CDC internships, and the official CDC website should pop up, and you can just click through the links and read through them. Some of those programs are expired or expiring. Some of them only hire very particular type of people, like they only hire teachers or they only hire lab uh, lab people and stuff like that. So just obviously really read through it. But some of the most popular ones, there's one called P-H-A-A-P. PHAP is uh, what people call it. I'm not going to say what it stands for. I'm not going to Google it. I don't care. But I do know it's a two-year program. It's mainly geared towards people with a two-year, or sorry, with a bachelor's degree, like they just graduated 
or they're like a senior and, and like you apply and then you do it right after uh, your bachelor's degree. And uh, that one, I believe you get assigned to a uh, health department or something like that. Or maybe it's just a different area at CDC. I don't care to Google it, but you get assigned somewhere and uh, for two years and then you're, I think, pretty much guaranteed a job at CDC afterwards. Uh, so it's like actually a really good gig. But if you got your master's, it's a really low paying job. And like, you're not going to really be on track to become an epi at CDC with that track. So I've heard from people on Reddit, like that's more for like different positions, like a public health advisor position, or maybe a health scientist position. Um, we'll get into specific positions and like which ones to apply to with your degree and like whatever. Um, but yeah, so just be aware that's not really for people's with, people with a master's, but you can still, I think, join if you do have a master's. If like that's if you really want to work at CDC, I guess that is a guarantee, but you are going to be broke. So, well, for two years. So honestly, if you're married and like your spouse makes money for you guys, then I feel like it's not a bad gig. I mean, kind of same with O-Rise, like. If you, if the money thing isn't the biggest deal temporarily, then might as well go, go for it. Sorry. I don't know if I finished saying that. I think I cut myself off. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So just Google fellowships, internship, CDC, and actually go to the official CDC website. Another popular one is CSTE. That's, I do know that one is, mm, is it one or two years? I can't remember, but they place you in a, usually a health department, like state, local, uh, tribal health department, um, somewhere in the U.S. And like you get to like kind of pick, like you get to get preferences, you get to, um, like it's like a mutual matching kind of process, but uh, you are placed and it's, I believe it's two years and um you can work at CDC afterwards, although that's not guaranteed, but a lot of people, I think, do. Um, I actually interviewed CSTE on this podcast, so check out that episode. Okay, moving on. Okay, now let's get into FTE. So that's full-time employee or employment or whatever. Clearly, I don't know the actual names of these acronyms. I, like, I feel like I know a lot because I work in the field, but at the same time, like, you forget what these, you, like, it's mainly we're chat. Me and my friends are chatting about these things, so it's like I forget some of the like stupid details, you know. Um, anyway, so to become an FT, like I said, you're probably gonna need to wait a couple years after graduating with your MPH. But the good news is, like for me, I'm two years out of my MPH, and it has flown by so fast. And I'm just now realizing, I'm like, yo, I'm literally two years out. This is flown by so fast and like I could start applying at CDC I could start applying at these federal jobs that pay you know six figs and like whatever because now I'm actually qualified to enter those jobs and like now I'm qualified for a higher grade position which we'll get into grade positions very very soon in this podcast so you could just wait a couple years like I said and honestly if you're going to do O-Rise or um any of those other fellowships or be a contractor or whatever, you're going to have to wait a couple years anyway. So really, what's the difference? Either way, you're probably just not going to end up exactly in your FTE until two to five years after graduation. Um, but, you know, if you do want to kind of get in with the organization and increase your chances of eventually working there, then obviously fellowships, O-Rise, like whatever, are our better bet or if you just want to you just like the organization and you want to like you know work for them even the, even if you're not FTE you know okay so how do you apply to become an FTE at CDC so the only way to do that that I know of is usajobs.gov usajobs.gov that is the official website to apply to federal positions um, and I don't believe CDC or anybody hires outside of that. CDC Foundation does, but you guys need to remember, CDC Foundation is not CDC. Those are two separate organizations that are very closely uh, intertwined, but they are different. 
And working for a CDC foundation is a nonprofit. Working for a CDC uh, is federal government. So, um, so go on usajobs.gov and hold on, let me pull up the website so I can actually give you a walkthrough tutorial of how to do this. Like I'm not, I'm going to give you a full tutorial right now. Okay. usajobs.gov. It'll take you to, I think this is the homepage. Yeah. So I would go ahead and make an account, honestly, uh, because if you know you're going to be applying to jobs, you might as well. But like, you know, if you're already like a year, two years out of your MPH, then go ahead and make one if you know you want to apply. But at the same time, if you're like a bachelor's or master's or something, maybe just wait. Like maybe it doesn't really matter yet. I don't know. I, I would just be afraid that somebody would make an account, forget their password and have to deal with that whole thing. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So there's a search bar at the top. There is like the keyword section and the location. So for the location, uh, like if this was me looking for a job, I would type in remote. Make sure not to pr press remote or again, just press only show remote jobs, right? And then I'm going to type in epidemiologist into the keywords. And that is very exact. Okay, now before we continue, let me talk about the different positions. I'm not going to say what all these different positions do and like the differences between them because like I don't really know. I don't do them. And um, most, I think my own, my friends that work there are just epis, but um, that I know of at least. But the main jobs that I know of that if you have an MPH degree that you can apply for, especially in epidemiology. They are um, epidemiologist, health scientist, public health advisor, and public health analyst. Now, are there more jobs that you can do with an MPH at CDC? I'm sure there are, but these are the ones that I know of. But do your research, read through the descriptions, ask people. I'm sure there's more. Okay, so now we've typed in our search. So you could put epi, you could put health sciences, whatever. And now you it is populated a uh, list of jobs. So what do you do next? So go to the right and there should be filters. And there also should be a sort by. The first thing that you need to filter is open to the public. And that's because not every job on USA Jobs is even open to the public. This website is also for people who work in the government or already work at CDC or our military or like veterans or anything else. And uh, the public is technically separate from those other types of people. And not all jobs are even open to the public, actually, re relatively. Like, there's a lot more jobs for career transition professionals than there are open to the public, at least for EPIs. And so just beware. Like, not all those jobs you can even apply to. So that's why you need to filter by it. Um, if you also... Um, and I'll just get into this right now. So there's also a thing for like veterans and, and other like people with disabilities, Peace Corps, whatever. So those are actually ways that you can more easily get in with CDC. Now it feels weird saying that because these are groups that are sometimes discriminated against, like people with disabilities and like whatever. Um, but technically it might be able to help. I, I can't speak on it. I don't have a disability, nor do I work at the CDC, but they apparently have some kind of a like separate path for people like that. I don't know. Um, so if you already work for the government or you're in some kind of like, they have these different programs, like there's like, and you would know if you were in one um, and like, it'll be like, um, sorry, hold on be like federal employees who are displaced and like stuff like that. I think that's people who are like laid off maybe. I'm not sure. But you would know if you're one of those people. So just make sure not to press that. Like anybody listening to this podcast is probably just the public. Okay. And if you've happened to work for Peace Corps or AmeriCorps, then you can press that as well. The next filter you want to put in is your grade. This is very important. So what is a grade? So for the federal government, and I believe the military, I'm not really sure, there is a GS scale that stands for general schedule. And that is based off of years of experience slash education, I believe. I believe it's mainly experience though. So let's say you're a bachelor's got your bachelor's degree and you're applying to a federal government job. 
then from my understanding and people that I've seen on Reddit, you would be around like a GS7-ish. And then like couple years of experience, maybe your GS9, or if you have a master's degree, then you would like in your graduating, then you're probably a nine or maybe a 10, um, depending if you had experience in between bachelor's and master's. Um, and same with GS11, but I think GS11 is more for like a couple years after your master's. Um, so if you are like two to five years out of your master's, then you would be applying to somewhere between 11 and 13. Um, the thing with the scale is like to be a 12, for example, you have to have at least one year experience being an 11. And to be an 11, you have to have at least like one year experience in the previous grade and like etc. So you kind of just have to, I think you count up from seven being your senior year of bachelor's maybe. Um, oh yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty much right. Um, but you can kind of finagle, you might be able to get a 12 early on. Uh, I, and I say that because my friend who is my grade level is a 12. Um, but I do think she like worked and has more experience than me, like between undergrad and grad school. So I don't know. Okay. The only other filter that I know is really relevant is remote jobs and like full-time slash like part-time or whatever. Most of these jobs are going to be full-time anyway. So I wouldn't really worry about that. But remote is definitely like a thing. Some of these jobs are going to be like in-person or hybrid. And most of them are like a good, I would say a good half and half are remote or not remote. Um, if I was applying, I would be remote only personally. But again, you click on these CDC jobs and they're remote, but then they're um, like you have to live in the Atlanta like 50 mile area. So, you know. Take it up with them, not with me. Okay, so after you find a job that you think you might want to apply for, you think you might be qualified for based on the GS scale, click on it. So I'm going to click on this epi position. At, oh, this is actually an FDA, but all the same, really. Um, so it'll give you a salary range. Um, I can't really speak too much on that. Oh, this is actually anywhere in the U.S. remote job, and it doesn't specify Atlanta, and that's probably because it's not CDC. So there's another tip. If you want to do the same type of job but at, at FDA, then they might have more anywhere in the U.S. remote jobs versus 50-mile commuting area up in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so there will be open and closing dates. Um, I've been looking at USA, USA jobs gov a lot recently because of this conversation up with my friend doing this podcast like whatever and i've noticed that like a lot of these dates uh some of the dates are like the open closing dates are really close together and some are really far apart meaning some they are only op have open like the job posting is only open for like a week or i think sometimes even less Be and i'm guessing that's because they just anticipate getting a lot of applications they want to get the hiring thing through as quickly as possible and as someone who technically works for the federal government, kind of, um, I know that it takes one to two to sometimes more uh, months to even start your job and get on the get your first paycheck and everything. Like it takes a while because the whole federal process is just really slow. So, uh, yeah, so be aware there's always going to be new jobs posted like all the time because some of these are really uh like really small open and closed dates. But then if you look at other positions, like let me go back, um, then there will be ones that are open for months at a time, like six months at a time. And those are especially the, um, what are those called? I think it's like open to hiring like the public or what is this called? Like call to open call to professionals or something like that. It'll say something like that. And It'll be open for like six months. And I think that's just like for them to collect applications. I'm not exactly sure about that one. Because um, you guys, a reminder, I don't work there, nor am I a hiring manager there. So I don't know the actual scoop. I just know more scoop than most people do. So there we go. Uh, okay. You really need to read the instructions and the job description very carefully before you apply because you can be excluded for a lot of things right off the bat and you do not want to waste your time applying to these jobs because from my understanding they do take a while to apply to like they're not 
you can't just like throw in one app willy-nilly and just get a job there like it's something that you might need to be working on for a couple of days or a couple weeks especially if you haven't made a cv yet and this is like really where my friend told me all the tea and i'll get into that in a couple minutes but um read the instructions very carefully you need to have like for example it specifies like you need to write the dates the time period of each employment from month and year to month to year and that that the exact numbers work per week and like stuff like that because uh i mean it says that you need to and if it literally says failure to provide this info may result in disqualification so don't waste your time read the instructions carefully um this is also a time to not lie like you need to not lie because lying on these applications is considered fraud but also, don't be skimpy with yourself. Like, if you did a six-month internship or, like, I don't know, let's say you did, like, a, like an internship somewhere. Like, I did one at Planned Parenthood, and I got really good experiences there, even though it was only for, like, I don't know, like, six to ten months long. Um, that, you need to include that in your resume or your um, CV because this is your time to show all public health relevant experiences at all um, because these positions they will demand you to have a lot of different specific skills like so part of the process is that there is like a resume and like a you can submit like a cover letter and stuff like that but then there'll be what's called an assessment and that'll be like it'll ask you first it'll ask you like are you a part of these like uh, career transition programs and are you like an employee that was like laid off or whatever like you know that thing I referenced earlier but then later in the assessment it'll ask you do you have this specific skill this specific skill whatever and you and it'll even have a part like where you have to put where on your resume you put that specific skill and um, this is a good transition point to get into um, a really, the, really the thing that my friend was telling me about, about your CV slash resume. And that's uh, to, again, put all the experiences that you have on there. But one of the biggest tips that, and you're not going to find this tip like in Reddit or anything else that I could find. And I've actually heard this tip from multiple different people before. And you want to put part parts of the job description or job duties into your resume or into your CV. Um, I'm not going to get into the difference between CV and resume because I'm not uh, like, I don't know, career coach or something. And also you can just Google it. But yeah, whichever one, which in this point, like my friend actually recommended a CV because it's just a bigger document that's more detailed and therefore you have a lot more room and it's a lot more normal to just put a bunch of bullet points of like all the very very specific things you did at your past jobs or experiences and it just makes more sense in in the fact that you need to like literally copy and paste i'm not even kidding copy and paste parts of the job description into a resume. Now, don't do it in a way that is lying because again, that is fraud and I'm not advising anybody to be fraudulent. Um, but like, that is the that is the advice that I've gotten from multiple people, especially recently from my friend who works as an FTE epi at CDC. She says that her mentor taught her to literally copy and paste the duties and like job descriptions into her CV, like literally. And I'm like, is that not plagiarism? She's like, I don't know, but that's what I was told and it helped me get my job. So, you know, if you get in trouble for some reason, um, then please don't send them to this podcast. Like, please don't get me in trouble. But that was what I was told. Uh, okay. I don't think you'll get in trouble for it. I don't think resumes are really a place where you can get in trouble for plagiarism. I think it's more of a place where you can be like, you know, get in trouble for lying, but I think if you, like, kind of, like, copy and paste, like, you know, some stuff, then I don't think it's technically plagiarism. Obviously, put things in your own word if words if you're more comfortable doing that, but, um, oh, I didn't even mention why you should copy and paste sections of the job duties. So, the reason you actually want to even do that is because 
this the USA Jobs or CDC or whoever has this like AI bot thing that sorts through the you know tens and dozens of resumes that they get and you can actually see how many people have applied for a job like that specific position I think you might not be able to see until after you apply to it but you can see it anyway um it I'm, so, I'm sorry I go off on so many rambles and like tangents but back to my point uh, it, there, there has this AI bot thing that will throw out people who don't have resumes or CVs that like are compatible enough with the job description. So if they're really looking for people with, I don't know, let me look at this job I have pulled up, um, collaboration, study proposals, and, uh, you know, written oral communication surveillance. If you don't have like that, those specific keywords in your resume, then it gets automatically thrown out. Obviously, that's an example, but and not not a real example. But like that is apparently what the bot does, and there's no predicting exactly what words it's going. I mean, obviously, we can all kind of guess that like the main words are what it would sort through but who actually knows and so that's why you want to copy and paste as many relevant and truthful job duties of the job you're applying to into your resume um okay let me give an example of this sorry there's a siren hopefully you guys can't hear it okay for example one of the first bullet points on this epi fda position that i'm looking at um it says one of the job duties is contributes to wait no that's not the one i wanted Oh, okay. Share scientific findings with peers and supervisors through written and oral communications. Um, by the way, all of these like sound like they're written by a lawyer. They sound horrible. I hate the way lawyers and people like this talk. It's just so jargony and like annoying. Like, just say it in plain language, please. Anyway, so that specific bullet point, um, I've specifically done that in my current job. So if I was making a CV for CDC, then according to my friend's advice, I would copy and paste this exact bullet point into my CV under my current job. Now, obviously, you need to change the tense because it, I still have this job, so it would be shares. And then, well, actually, this already says shares, but if it, like, if it was a past job, you'd need to change it to shared, you know? So you might need, or you might need to change it slightly, um, or if you don't, if you're afraid of, like, plagiarism or something, then you can change it, but, like, keep the key words and, like, keep kind of the same vibe going. Um, but, yeah, that that is a big tip that nobody talks about. It's because of this, like, bot thing, and you're probably not going to get through unless you have very specifically had those words in there. And to increase those chances, y y just do it. Um, and also, outside of CDC... This is like a thing that other organizations do. I'm sure other health departments do it. I'm sure, you know, especially big organizations that get a lot of apps, they do do this. And so this is kind of a general job tip that I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about. Like people say like, oh, make sure that the job description is compatible with your resume or whatever. But like they don't say to like specifically like either copy and paste or like really make sure to have keywords in there. So, okay. Um, oh, another tip, and I don't know, I don't know about this one, but I, I think this is along the same lines, is in the application process, there's, like, the submitting your documents, like, your resume, and like, or CV, or, like, whatever, um, and then, then there's an assessment during it, and I already kind of referenced that earlier, but when you get to the assessment, it'll give even more specific job dis job descriptions and like like skills and stuff, and ask you like, have you done this before, and to what capacity have you done it, and like like have you done it independently or with supervision, and like are you an expert or like you've only studied that in school and like stuff like that, and like obviously they're looking for like higher level experiences, right? which is also why, like, it's unlikely that you'll get a job there after grad school because, like, it's unlikely that you'll be an expert in anything when you're, like, you know, 22 and, like, have never had, like, a full-time job. So, obviously, there's that. But um, when you get to the assessment, it'll have even more skills. 
And if you want to copy and paste some of those skills into your resume as well, because not all of them are in the duties description, then you can do the assessment, click continue, but then don't submit the application, like actually go back to the first part of the application. Um, and you can do that by clicking out of the browser. And, like you have to have an account at this point, by the way, yeah, like you have you you have to have had made like a like an account. So if you click out of the browser and you're still signed into your account, then go back to your applications like page or whatever, where it has like your applications that you're working on or have already applied to and then click back on it and then just start over. And then like after you have edited your resume to have some of the assessments keywords, then you can like change your resume like slightly again, be truthful, do not commit fraud. I'm not advising anybody to commit fraud, do anything illegal or to lie or participate in plagiarism. I'm not liable for anyone's actions. Uh, anyway, so you can kind of change it around, finesse it a bit, and then go through the rest of the application again. Um, I'm not sure if it saves your like uh, responses to the assessment. You might have to do it again, but who really cares? Um, so overall, that whole process does take a minute. It's not something you can just do like willy-nilly. Um, it's going to take a lot of writing and finessing and whatever of your CV or resume, and that will take hours to build. Um, so just beware. However, obviously, after you have a like made your really good CV or resume, then it's going to take less time because you're not going to have to do that every time. But, you know. Okay, the episode is not done yet, but we just went through like all the options of all the ways that you can get a job at CDC, like the kind of like the pipelines, um, and then actually how to even apply. Um, I don't really have any tips on interviews or anything besides just general whatever uh, that you can find on the internet. But honestly, I might have my friend who works like as an FTE who I was talking to recently, like. I might have her on the podcast, but we'll see. No promises. You guys know I can't even deliver any promise uh, when it comes to making content. Okay, we're not done yet. So what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about what other options to consider, some misconceptions, um, and I think that's it. So some other options besides just working at CDC. Well, you could work at CDC Foundation. It's another organization that pays pretty well. If you look at the job postings, they all pay usually like 60 to like 120-ish thousand. So not too shabby. Um, they, CDC Foundation also has a lot more jobs outside of the Atlanta area. They have jobs all over the country, really. Um, obviously in more main places like Chicago, Boston, New York, Atlanta, like they're definitely more there, like in those big cities, but um, they also have like a lot of rem fully remote options. So you don't even have to necessarily live in those states. Um, so that's a great way to kind of work with CDC. You won't be FTE, but you'll still be heavily associated with them. CDC Foundation jobs, some of them are kind of more with health departments. Some of them are more with CDC, kind of like a contractor or not kind of like contractor. You are a contractor. Um, so it kind of depends and just read the job description or just throw out an application. CDC Foundation jobs are actually very easy to apply to. They involve way less, uh, you know, it's just way less involved than the CDC US, USA jobs stock of kind of application. Like CDC Foundation, if I remember correctly from my job search, it's just like a resume and cover letter. <laughs> or something, and like maybe a quick assessment. Very, very quick. So just throw out those applications. Obviously make sure everything is good. Maybe do the whole like resume thing uh, that I advised earlier, but overall should be a lot. It probably easier to find a job at CDCF um, than CDC in general, and also just easier to apply to. Okay, other organizations like global or local ones, there's CSTE, another great, uh, it's not federal government, uh, but I believe CSTE is a nonprofit. Um, the reason I even point these things out are because if you're like me, you're on public service loan forgiveness, baby, which is where if you work for the government or a nonprofit for 10 years and you get your student loans forgiven at that 10 year point, um, but you have to work full time. 
It doesn't have to be consecutive, but it has to be 10 years. Make your payments on time each month, and then they will be forgiven no matter how much you have left. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, also, another side tangent of my side tangent is I'm very lucky because the past two years I've been out of school have counted as making payments, even though I have not paid a dime. And that's because of COVID forbearance. So I'm just very lucky to have even gotten it. Uh, there, I'm lucky to, like, I'm lucky to be in the position that I am in, uh, because they'll accept anybody who's, it's not competitive, like, they accept anybody who is, uh, qualified, but, um, I'm lucky because I haven't had to pay a dime during these two years, and they still count. Anyway, um, yeah, so you can work for CSDA, uh, you can work for other federal government agencies, like FDA, you could work for... Uh, Department of Health and Human Services, um, which is CDC under HHS. I feel like it is, but you can work for other HHS like organ like agencies. Like uh, I believe there's one for like Medicare and like other ones. Like you could work for the VA and like all these other options. So don't exclude yourself. There's also the Army and or sorry, not the Army, just the military in general. So like Army, Navy whatever and a lot of those jobs some of them pay really well some of them pay kind of doo-doo but there's a lot and there are a lot of air force jobs in public health for some reason okay anyway last part of the podcast i know it's very long but I, it's been very informative so i hope you guys have enjoyed it um last part we're going to talk about misconceptions so one misconception is that you need to have a phd uh, you don't actually have to have a PhD to work at CDC. I know everybody that I know who works at CDC doesn't have a PhD, honestly, like, because all of my, like, colleagues and kind of contemporaries in the field, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but, you know, people kind of, like, on my level of professional experience, like, they don't have PhDs and they work there, like, even FTEs, so, you, you don't have to have a PhD. Now, does it make it easier? Certainly. Certainly you will have an easier time finding a job with a PhD because with a PhD, you can apply to kind of any grade. Like you could apply to GS 11, 12, 13, 14, and probably be more qualified. Um, and that kind of opens you up to more options. And all of those levels, by the way, do pay really well, depending on the position. Like a lot of these epi jobs and whatever that I've seen, even the GS11 ones are paying like 80k plus. So that's pretty good um, in my experience or in my opinion. Okay, another misconception, you need to have a lab experience. I feel like this is just a misconception with like EPIs in general or public health professionals in general. You don't need to be a laboratorian or a lab tech or anything. Um, yeah, uh, another misconception, you need to apply. Uh, you can just apply and like get in like willy nilly. Now, you are competing with other CDC and government organization, like, employees. And that's the thing, because if you, okay, so back to the whole usajobs.gov thing and, like, the filters and how I said you need to filter by open to the public. Well, some of these will be open to the public, but they're also open to other um, career transition and, like, whatever else. And actually, all the ones that I'm looking at are uh, open to, like, career transition people. And for those people who are already working full-time at the, like, in the federal government, whether it be CDC or elsewhere, like, they typically have a big advantage, especially if they're already working at CDC. They, any organization, for the most part, prefers to keep people within their organization and just kind of shuffle them around. Um for multiple reasons, but like I mentioned earlier, the hiring process is kind of arduous. Like it takes like a month to two months plus sometimes. So it's just easier to keep people in it. Um, and I think there's like maybe some kind of incentive or like, like I said, there's like other programs. So yeah. So you can't just apply willy nilly and just like get a job super easy necessarily. Um, you're probably going to have to, you know, really finesse your resume and really like continue to apply like you probably are gonna get rejected plenty and you might need to apply for months to years before you might even like get an interview somewhere um the more experienced the better 
the more uh, education, the better. So, you know. Another misconception, which is kind of connected to my uh, last one, is that you can just easily apply. Uh, no, it takes a minute to apply. It takes quite some time to update your resume or CV, especially if you want to do it right and kind of finesse it with the job description slash the job duties. Um, it's going to take it's going to take a minute. Even each time that you apply, even if you have the bones of your resume or CV, like if you want to finesse it specifically for that position, it's going to take an hour plus uh, to just do that and then 30 minutes or so to just do the whole application. So not to mention if you want to put in a cover letter, which I would say doesn't ever hurt. <laughs> so I would probably do that too. Uh, okay. Misconception, you can get referred. I think I mentioned this earlier. I did mention this. This is one of my first points. Um, you can't really get referred. That's like a kind of a separate thing in CDC. Um, and then another misconception that you can just kind of do EIS and and then get into CDC because if you're EIS, you can kind of work at CDC willy-nilly, like no problem. Um, that's not... That's not easy to do. Unless you have a PhD or you're a physician, then getting an EIS, uh, getting into EIS, which is a fellowship, it's called, actually, I can't remember what it stands for, um, but that's not easy. So don't think that you can do that. And I don't even know if they accept people lower than PhD at this point. <laughs> like, you could, they accept, like, nurses, but, like, if you're not a healthcare professional and you're not a PhD, I'm not sure if they really accept that level anymore. Anyway, this is long enough, so I'm going to stop here. Um, if you have any questions, comment on my TikTok, message me on Instagram. Am I the most responsive? Not always. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, I have many DMs that I have not responded to yet. I also have an email. It is epicentral at gmail, wait, no, epicentralpodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to email me there. You can email me multiple times. Uh, just reply and be like, please reply if I like don't reply within like a week or something. If you like, like keep uh, begging, like I will reply to you. It's not that I'm like, don't want to reply. It's just that like I see it and I'm like, I'll reply to this later and I never do just because I'm not like a full-time content creator, nor am I a very good content creator, to be honest. Um, I'm just not good at this. It's just kind of a hobby and I have a lot of other things that I do. So anyway, uh, good luck everybody applying at CDC and I wish you all the best of luck and have a good week. Bye.